Welcome back to the Joat Show here on the Dion Family Network, episode 50, half century mark. Uh, Dad. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, you're, you've been a part of it for a while now. Uh, on this episode, we've got uh, NBA watchability rankings, the NBA and NHL over the weekend, uh, and NFL film review, Super Bowl edition, because... I went back and watched every Kansas City Tampa game, Tampa Bay game from the season. Excellent. Uh, let's start with uh, let, what happened in the weekend. So uh, we're gonna start in hockey because the Edmonton Oilers had quite a weekend. They beat the Leafs on Saturday. In some, I have to say, you were the one we were talking about the reverse retro jerseys. Yeah. Pretty nice. Yeah, the- I like I like the Oilers retros. I'm 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 very much a. Um, what do you call it? A uh, not a naturalist, but a well, like a pessimist. No, no, like I like the original jerseys oh. for all teams. Uh, yeah, generally speaking. Yeah, some some have updated and looked nice. I don't think we talked about the Dallas Stars jerseys on here, but that mm. that made that made lo- Detroit losing to them seven three even worse. Those jerseys are horrendous. That, like I said, that's good for laser tag, and that's about it. Um. After the after the Oilers beat the Leafs, they then played Ottawa. And did you see this game? I think it was Sun. It was Sunday, or it might have been last. Sorry, week. what game? Edmonton, Ottawa. Did not see that game. It just the first period alone. Uh, Edmonton scored five goals. Right. And Matt Murray got pulled, and I think there's a lot going on in Ottawa that shows they're not really a contender. But I think everyone. But we knew that. Yeah, I think everyone though is starting to go. Okay, the Oilers—they can do this. They they beat the Leafs in overtime. They were in control for most of that game, but beating Ottawa, I think the final score was seven three. McDavid and Drysaitel had eleven points combined. It's just when they face better teams, and I, I you said it you said it in our last episode that Ottawa, Edmonton, and what Vancouver are the bottom three teams. Oh yeah, they're those definitely. And we saw Vancouver beat Winnipeg on Saturday and then lost to Montreal, snapping their four-game winning streak. Three of those games came against Calgary or uh, came against Ottawa, so they're already at the bottom. This this North Division is really competitive. I just I feel like everyone is gonna start talking themselves into oh well McDavid and Drysaitel they can they could do this every night they can lead them to victories, but that's not the problem. It's their goaltending it's their defense there's just too many problems in Edmonton if the if the Edmonton Oilers could play three on three or four on four hockey they would dominate if you give McDavid any kind of room out there he dominates it's all about speed with him right he's to me you put him on the power play he's not as effective it's almost like you gotta you go back and use the old um, mighty ducks power play go and come in five at once and with speed and Dreisaitl is I'm gonna say top five player so you have two of the top five players in the league and you still might not make the playoffs in a weak north division I like I've got Montreal Toronto one two I don't know which team's gonna finish first or second because I think they're both way better than any other team. Two, all the other teams have too many flaws. Especially the the other team I would put even just closer into that category is Calgary. I think they've really they had the players only meeting this week after a couple rough games. They had a really good game against Montreal. So they're the only team I would put in that category because 
I I know what their team is. They've always been Johnny Goudreau and John Monahan. They're going to put up points. Yep. Except in the playoffs. Right. And now they have a number one goalie. Yes. Which is why I trust them more than any of the other teams. Right. Um. Besides, the, like Vancouver, they have two goalies that can play, but I think they're both one Bs. I don't think either of them is a number one starter. And in saying that, if you're giving up 35.8 shots a game, it doesn't matter who you have in net there. You could have a one AA goalie. It's not going to get it done. They're they're just giving up. I stopped watching that game after the first period because I knew it was over. It ended up being 6-2. It was 3-1 after the first, and it wasn't even close. I think it, I, I flipped back to it. I think Montreal had six breakaways in that game. I don't know how many they scored, but it doesn't matter. And it's such a testament of you can see how good Montreal is. And I think we both liked them coming into the year. They've exceeded every expectation I've had for them. Absolutely. Yeah, like I said, I again, a year and a half ago, I would have said there's no way that them in Toronto are in the same league. They're in the same division. Uh, but they, Toronto and Montreal, Toronto's kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say they've gotten worse. They've kind of leveled off to me, but Montreal's gotten way better than they did a year and a half ago. I think Toronto, it's they're playing a little more safe. They're a little... that You obviously can see the offensive firepower, and you saw it against Edmonton. It was a 4-3 game, and you look, every goal is pretty is set up or scored by one of their superstars, which is how they're going to win games. But just it seems like defensively they're a little more sound. Like it seems like that's what their focus is this year. Which it has to be because you know they can win 10-9 games, but can they win 2-1 games? And that's what they're kind of gearing up, I think, towards which makes them better. If they can trade, again, if they could get a, a Pareko from St. Louis, I, I don't know why I always think of him, but like if he was in Toronto – the Leafs win the Stanley Cup. The thing is, though, is I, I know most people because it's always been the Brian Burke argument of you can't pay all of these forwards such big money. Agreed. Which I agree to an extent because I think the guy Brian Burke always brought up is you have to trade Nylander. I, I think he's been the Leafs' best player. Um, I'm going to put a little plug in here for my buddy Joff, who's a huge Leafs fan. He thinks Nylander is one of the best players on the team. He would trade Marner. Now that, well, that's all, but that's been yours. Is you, you uh, trade uh, Marner? I agree. I agree. And I, again, I don't watch the Leafs enough, but I'm gonna watch them the next game and see how many times Mitch Marner falls. Because um, yeah, my buddy's telling me he is another Gautier. You can count the number of times he falls and gives up the puck, which I, I won't be surprised about giving up the puck because he's one of those guys that I think he's an even guy. He's going to score your four highlight goals, but he's going to be out there for four goals against. And it's also, he's someone that he's going to have these high expectations because of his contract. He's also on a line with Austin Matthews, who is one of the better centers in the NHL and is really developed his two-way game he's more of a defense not more defensive but he's become more of a defensive forward don't disagree he's a definitely a top eight player in the league i i would say for matthews he's gotten better um but yeah to me it's so sad that we have to talk about contracts because again when i was watching my bobby clark and the philadelphia flyers i have no idea how much 
money Bobby Clark was making. I it wasn't a concept. It wasn't uh, any Mel Bridgman. Oh my God, he's making thirty seven thousand. How come he's only scoring thirty goals this year? It just it's so sad. But that's because we all know how much they all make now. It does affect how they play on the ice and how you feel about certain players. If you're making double digit million dollars a year. You, there shouldn't be a, oh, you know, he just had an off night. That's that's not what you're getting paid for. You don't see – you can look down the list. The funny thing is when I was thinking of uh, double-digit million, I don't think Sidney Crosby makes double digits. I think he makes like 8.7, right. which is hilarious, and a lot, of, a lot of players do that. Like Matthews, he shows up every night. Another guy, and I think we've talked about this, is John Tavares is a little more quiet recently. Which not maybe not a bad thing. I think he's still putting up points. He's doing everything. He's a leader. But yeah, I almost don't think about the money he's making. But yeah, he's up there, right? He's the top money maker in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So yeah, interesting. And they've built this defense, which the the big concern was new market native Travis Dermott, and they brought in Miko Lettinen from or he. This is the weird thing about the KHL. He played in Finland, but he played in the Russian league. Um, he was their defense. He was the defenseman of the year last year in the KHL, and they have seven legitimate defensemen. I don't think Zach Bogosian is going to be playing big minutes the whole year. Right. But th- it seems like Montreal has gotten to the level of Toronto, and then you just break it down to okay, what do you what do you trust more, Montreal's depth and their goaltending, or the Leafs' firepower? So, like, you, because you've got, and that's a good point, because when you say, like, look at Montreal's seventh defenseman, right? Uh, Victor Mete. Yeah, hard, uh, like, scratched. Is he going to get traded? No, of course not, because guess what? Someone's going to get hurt on that blue line. Hopefully it's not Weber, but, you know, someone's probably going to get hurt at some point in the year. So guess what? You stick in a guy who could be a top four guy on any other team or definitely would make almost any other team. So, yeah, I, I think Montreal's in, in good shape there in terms of um, depth. And and you you got to remember, all these teams don't have any depth. I was actually talking to a, a, a buddy who's at work today who's a big Montreal fan. He's really concerned about Corey Perry. He thinks he's doing so well that he's not going to be in Montreal in the next couple of weeks. Because why? As soon as he plays more than nine games... Uh, and then is sent down to the taxi squad, he has to go through waivers, which means anyone's going to pick him up. So guess what? He'll get picked up. Someone will pick him up. There's not... There's not. I remember this is this is the fun thing about this year is if you're trying to send a guy to waivers, it's... You're really... You're holding on for dear life. It's usually a goalie, a goalie toss-up every year, but a guy like Corey Perry goes on waivers, he is not... He's he's not making it through. Right. There's some team that could use a veteran presence like him. And, exactly. And it, it was funny when he was a free agent that everyone was like, oh, yeah, no, I would totally take him on my team. But it was just everyone was hesitant to sign him. Yeah. Well, again, money's a little bit tight with most teams, so that's probably part of it, too. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, Corey Perry, he's playing, so, he's playing himself off the team. Yeah, exactly, because he's playing so well. Um, this week, Calgary, Winnipeg. It feels like every week we get one Canadian matchup that just goes on for the whole week. And this week it's Calgary Winnipeg, who we know have the history from last playoffs and Mark Shifley versus Matthew Kachuk, who actually they're, they say they're good friends. I don't know if they still are after the incident or incidents, I guess that have happened. Right. Um, 
these this feels like two of the teams that are going to be battling for maybe not the last playoff spot, but they're going to be in contention for these playoff spots. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, Winnipeg had again. I watched the game last night. Winnipeg definitely has the better special teams. Um, Connor, he no wonder why Winnipeg got rid of Line. A. They don't need him. Connor can score right in the same spot that Line is doing the job, and he's a little bit better defensively, I think, than Line is. So, the, in terms of uh, Winnipeg's depth, that might be a little different story. But yeah, the, to me, uh, right now, Winnipeg squeezes out Calgary in terms of one, two, three, four. Especially that they're going to be adding Pierre Luc Dubois in the coming, I don't know, days. I feel like it's something I haven't heard about. Patrick Laine is making his debut tonight with Columbus. Right. Yep. And Dubois just haven't really heard anything after they made the trade. He uh, went on Tim and Sid, and they said what jersey number he's wearing. Besides that, I haven't heard anything. Yeah, it's been pretty, pretty quiet. Crickets. Uh, outside, uh, outside the Canadian division, because we could really talk about that all day. Uh. Nathan McKinnon and actually quite a few members of the Colorado Avalanche are out week to week with injuries. This feels like a resilient team. This seems like it's going to be the stretch that could hurt the Avalanche. Yeah. Uh, again, this is another, uh, I, I guess, taking a little cue out of the NBA watchable teams. This is a team I love watching. They're exciting to watch. Didn't really, I wa- again, I watched the game. I didn't really see like where he got hurt. So it was, I, I just thought, oh, it may be just out for the rest of this game. But it's it's not good when it's week to week and not day to day. So that that's going to be a big loss for Colorado because every time McKinnon's touching the puck, something's happening exciting. And we saw Colorado this weekend played Minnesota and another reverse retro jerseys that are amazing. The Minnesota Wild, Minnesota North Stars. Oh, I, that's exactly who I thought it was. Um, I thought it was the North Stars. That was fun to see. Uh, even the announcers were saying that, like they looked at number seven and they were thinking it was Neil Broughton. Um, yeah, that brought back some Bobby Smith, Steve Payne, Dino Cicerelli memories. Uh, it was probably a little bit tough for the announcers because I think the uh, numbers were a little tough to see being all yellow should have been just maybe an outline in the black to help the announcers but yeah and and again another watchable team so thank you for that what minnesota yeah oh for yeah, sure I watched if... them that was an entertaining game i watched them play colorado yeah. yes because they're playing in tonight so yep yeah minnesota and kevin fiala got suspended for three games he's arguably their best offensive player got suspended for a pretty dirty hit from behind uh, Minnesota, I think the – and I said it to you, it's just they're not really going to play defense. It, yeah, like to me, they've always been a stymie defensive team, but that Russian rookie, oh boy, he's he looks like their best player. Like he's the real deal, and uh, yeah, it, it's just fun to watch. Like I don't even remember Parise being out there, but I can remember the Russian rookie being out there, so – and that's another, when you look at contracts, Prize and Ryan Suter, those are big contracts. Suter I can swallow because he's still playing 25 minutes a game. So he's still, you know, he's doing the Provorov type of thing. He's just munching minutes and, and not getting scored on. There's I don't think that any team would could go wrong with that. But yeah, Prize, oh boy, that's a lot of money for a guy who might score 15 goals this year. Especially the reason why he's... And even the top six is, six is because Matt Zuccarello is out. 
if he's if he's in the lineup, I think Frise is a bottom six guy on that team. Right, and I'd love to watch a game with the uh, wild owner. Um, just reading the uh, money and power issue right now for the hockey news. It's pretty interesting stuff going on there, but I guess it's tough to watch a game with him because he's flailing at every play and everything that's happening out there. So That's interesting. I was going to say the only other owner in sports, Jerry Jones isn't really that uh, like emphatic. Like He's right. not very emotional. It's the Clippers owner, Steve Ballmer. Right, and uh, this guy's the same, I guess, and he's like a top five power he was in the top five in the power and money uh, issue uh for this year so like he's got a big influence in there and i think it shows that minnesota is just seems like they're gonna i mean i think they're third in the division right now it just kind of seems like i know before that you were talking about oh maybe this team i think we were trying to talk ourselves into like an anaheim and la san jose it just seems like Minnesota is just solid enough to be the fourth team in that division. Yeah, I'm going to have to listen to that podcast again because I have a feeling that now based on games I've started to watch, um, there's some changes there that I'm definitely going to be making. I think the one thing we got right, and he's really trying to will them in every way, shape, or form, is John Gibson with Anaheim. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a guy that's too bad he's not on another team because he could put a team over the top. Especially the team that I wanted to bring up, and I think they went one one and one on the weekend against Dallas was Carolina. Peter Mrazek gets hurt. We just like as hockey fans, we just need to get Carolina a goalie, get them a number one goalie. And there's some out there. I mean, Arizona is not that good, and Darcy Kemper, if he's available, he Carolina would look good in a Carolina Hurricanes jersey. You got your number one again. They're like the Leafs. They're, that's a team that's just missing a number 1A goalie instead of having two 1Bs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one before we get to the NBA stuff, uh, Tony D'Angelo with the New York Rangers was put on waivers. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff came out about that. He uh, was very vocal about his political opinions. He had a podcast that was called Watch Your Tone. I think we can guess what political party he was affiliated with. Right. Uh he had an altercation with goalie Alexander Georgiev after the Penguins beat them in overtime and placed on waivers. Rangers GM said he's played his last game with the Rangers. This is a guy, I think they said he finished top five in points for defenseman last year. Yeah. I guess, do you just not want a guy like that in your locker room? I think there's a lot of dysfunction going on in New York, and unfortunately they're a young team, and that's not going to help things. I love, though, this is why I love social media is – I think it was the next day uh, Chris Kreider was answering questions over, you know, they have to do it over video chat and someone zoomed in and noticed that he had a mark on his hand. So a lot of people said, Oh, maybe Chris Kreider stepped into the situation. Obviously the Rangers head coach didn't, the thing that I, I didn't get is he didn't confirm or deny, which I feel like is kind of just confirming it for us. Exactly. Yeah. That it, I guess it's just not a problem for them anymore. Right. Uh, in the NBA, not not super quiet. Uh, the Lakers beat the Celtics in a thrilling Saturday night game. I watched the highlights of that. That was just, at the end, was just complete dysfunction. Yeah. And really two solid basketball teams, and we'll get to them when we when I give you the watchability rankings. But okay. that, was, that was a really good game. The other one, which you didn't see, uh, the Lakers were in Atlanta. I think it, was, it must have been last night. And LeBron got into... Uh, I don't even want to say an altercation, a verbal altercation with fans. And fans, there's fans in Atlanta. Yeah, in oh. uh, courtside, and 
courtside. I don't think I've seen that this year either. I'm gonna have to see the highlights of that. That's you, crazy. It, it was that's that's the, <laughs> that is the part that's crazy because you're not really expecting fans. Uh, I I don't know the backstory of the girl, but I people were kind of figuring out who they were on the internet. Apparently, LeBron called uh, her husband uh, a steroid head or a roid head, something like that. Because and then uh, people showed him on the internet. He literally looks like the human version of the Hulk. Okay. And then she she got up and started yelling at him, "Don't talk to my fucking husband like that." Wow. Don't and like screaming, like pulling pulling her mask down. And LeBron after, and this is how good he is. It's such a diplomatic answer. They ask him about it. He's like, "Oh, you know, I, I'm just glad to have fans back out there. You know, we need that. We miss the fans." And you could just tell he's being coy. And then he tweeted out saying, "Oh, like courtside Karen. She was really mad." And the internet really ran with courtside Karen. So right. I don't think that'll be in the highlight packs, but it was just, it was a great moment for the internet for just to have that interaction. And they got like, the fans got kicked out of the game. Right. That's where I'd like to see. Uh, it's too bad. We couldn't go back in time and watch some of the sports figures from the seventies and just because they would tell it like it is normally, but they don't have those post game conferences and stuff, but it would be kind of interesting just to hear what they would have to say. It's too bad they wouldn't set that up early because there's so many people you would just want to see like, hey, you know, you just lost that big game. How do you feel? You know what? I'm mad. It sucks. This person sucks and we suck. And uh, they just they wouldn't there wouldn't be any filter. The first person that comes to mind for me is Phil Esposito. Like, I wish they, you know, it would just I would because it was so, um, you know, the outcry for Team Canada, and that was, like, during a super moment. But, yeah, let's hear him after Game 4 against Montreal in the 1975 playoffs or something. What does he got to say or whatever, right? Yeah, even, it just would have been fun. Even Don Cherry. like Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Getting getting to hear him, hear him after games, yeah, there's so yeah. many. He'd be the John Totorella of the 1970s, right, with with a little bit of uh, beeping, I'm sure, going on as well. Yeah, even, even basketball coaches. I Now I just am going down this rabbit the only one i could think of that would still be like a coach now would be uh dean smith of north carolina right he's very diplomatic with his answers yeah, yeah but i'm trying to think of like if we got a moment uh it's jim valvano right jimmy v the yeah, v yeah, foundation yep yeah. the north carolina state yeah because they won on a miracle run during That's march right. madness yeah imagine just getting hit i guess they did do that because i remember him running around the court i yeah. just couldn't imagine you could contain him for just ask him a question how do you feel i don't know yeah <laughs> he's probably out of breath and all sweaty uh all right here we go this is the nba watchability rankings so this okay. isn't and i did watch some nba games now other than the raptors this week which opened my eyes by the way good so You'll be able to, I mean, not even give feedback, but just you'll understand why some of these teams where they are. Right. Where they are. Um, so you don't really need to watch them is the first category. You don't really need to watch Minnesota. Okay. <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell are fun duo. Towns is out because uh, of COVID. They're just, they're young. So I guess if they're on TV, but they're just, they're not competitive. So right. it's not really too fun to watch them. Detroit, they had their NBA Finals beating the Lakers. They're they're not good, right? And Oklahoma City. If you want some Canadian content, you got Shea Gilgis Alexander. But beyond that, they're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to be looking. Well, I guess it. 
it'd be more if you want to watch college basketball and you could figure out who would be the best on the Thunder next year. Right. That's pretty much all you need for the Thunder. Uh, the next category is the one-man shows. Uh, Washington, they did beat Brooklyn over the weekend in a, a game that featured no defense, 149-146. Bradley Beal basically just has to do it by himself. Russell Westbrook did have a good game against the Nets, but it's basically just Bradley Beal or they're going to lose by 30. Right. Uh, Dallas, which we talked a bit about Dallas. Yeah, disappointing. It's all team. it's all Luka Doncic, and that's really the only reason why I would watch them even before how rough they've been playing. I don't even want to say rough, but just not the start we were expecting for them. Uh, Atlanta, I mean, they played the Lakers, and it was a fun courtside Karen moment. Beyond that, you're going to watch Trey Young, who I was trying to think of who to compare him to. He, he is like... Steph Curry and James Harden that, combined. Yeah, yeah. He, he wants to be. He wants to hit those half court shots every time. It's either that or he does. And there's a lot of people you would compare this to. I think of James Harden, and I don't see it as a bad thing, of just getting getting to the free throw line. Right. Trey Young is I'm going to shoot threes. Or the thing I don't like, and Dwayne Wade always did this, is you bump into the defender yeah, behind yeah. you and then shoot it. Right. Steve Nash got really mad at Trey Young. I think it must have been a couple weeks ago for doing that. So you're basically watching Atlanta for Trey Young, and right. you're either watching him score 40 points or score 10 points and basically lose them the game. Uh, Chicago, again, watching Chicago isn't really that fun. Zach Levine is the main scorer on that team. They're really young, so Levine just kind of carries the ball, and you, they they were almost in. You don't really need to watch them because. Although they may be close to a playoff spot, I imagine they tail off throughout the year. Right. And it, it sucks that they're in this category because I love them so much, but Portland. Really? CJ McCollum's out, so it's basically just Damian Lillard. He right. single-handedly beat Chicago uh, for Portland the other night. Right, I've seen that gate, the highlights. That he hit a three, and then they got the From steal and a three. Yeah, again, way outside shooting. Yeah. Damian Lillard is is really what Trey Young wants to be, which is the only player you can compare to Steph in terms of shooting threes. Right. Uh, the next category is, I couldn't really think of a creative name besides just they're young. So every night you don't really know what you're getting. They're pretty inconsistent. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, you got two staples in Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. Beyond that, J.J. Redick, Lonzo Ball, every night you just, they could be really hot and shooting good or they're just kind of almost they almost seem tired stan van gundy's their coach and he's always been a big uh big on conditioning and making sure everyone's in shape and jj reddick even said before the year that he didn't want i think he was joking that he didn't want to be coached by stan but i think it could be taking a toll on them and it's it's too bad because jj was so consistent with the sixers when he played there uh then you got New York. Again, they're young. Julius Randle is an all-star this year, which is really weird to say. Beyond that, Emmanuel quickly, RJ Barrett, Obi Toppin, I think was a top I think he was the seventh pick this year. He's not really getting minutes. They're young and fun, but once it comes to the playoffs, I think better teams are gonna put them in their place. I, I don't see them in the playoffs. I did watch just watch them against the Clippers, so they played them tight for three and a half quarters and then you could see the difference and i think one of the issues rj's 
thinks that he needs to do a little too much. Yeah, already. he he thinks he needs to be the superstar, and but he doesn't. No, yeah. I, I, I was really impressed by the Knickerbockers. They actually played a, a, a good game. I thought it was going to be a blowout game, but you even said the New York's in the mix, so they are in the mix for sure. And it's a testament again to coaching. Tom Thibodeau was the head coach of the Chicago Bulls during the early 2010s when they were making deep playoff runs. He's a coach that maybe three years down the line, everyone's going to stop listening to him. But for now, he has everyone's attention. And he's made them one of the better defensive teams in the league. Uh, Next up, Sacramento, who you've seen a couple times now at the Raptors. They got three... Really fun players, De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, and Tyrese Halliburton. They have enough, almost enough bodies to just throw out there to support those three guys. And, I mean, you saw it against the Raptors. Buddy Heald is really a talented player. They're going to score. So it's it's just a matter of can they put up 150 points and win every night. Uh, Cleveland also falls into this category. Again, they're really fun. I think their head coach so far is the coach of the year. A lot of inconsistency still, especially Colin Sexton had the crazy week against Brooklyn, and he's a little little more consistent, but Darius Garland, they have about seven centers, which really doesn't make sense in the NBA now. Uh, again, if, the, if they're on TV and there really isn't a better game, they are still fun to watch. Right. And they have a trade piece in Kevin Love who has been hurt and doesn't really seem like he wants to be back. Right. That he wants to be on more of a contender. Right. Uh, finally, in this category, Charlotte, who, again, you've seen the couple, couple of times with the yep. Raptors. You're there for Lonzo Ball, who got us, or not Lonzo, Leon. Nope, the other one. Angela <laughs> Ball's, three. yeah, number, the youngest one, too. Uh, Lamelo, who really is. I, I, I was a Lon, I'm a Lonzo fan, so I don't like saying this, but he's the best ball member of the family. Um, they're fun. Again, come playoff time, I just don't – they're not really that sound defensively that they don't kind of just need to outscore teams. Right. Uh, the next category is just you get good, solid team basketball. So you get Indiana, uh, San Antonio, Toronto, Houston, who – Houston, it's funny, since James Harden left, Brooklyn and Houston are both 7-3. and three. I think Brooklyn is war is the worst team in defensive efficiency, and now Houston is one of the better teams. Right, I think you could see where that comes from. Uh, Golden the Ewing S- factor, yeah. Golden State. Uh, I wanted, I almost wanted to put them in one man show because of Steph, but their bench is really good. They have really good depth. That their depth is the reason why they beat the Lakers the other week. And they obviously have a great coach. Yeah, I mean, it's showing that he's a better coach now. I think a lot of people just kind of thought, oh. They got the talent. Yeah, but now he really has to trust younger guys and more depth on their team. Uh, the final two teams in this category, the floor, or I guess the other Florida teams, Orlando, Miami. Orlando, you're going to get good basketball. It's a little boring. Miami, they're still trying to get everyone off the injured list. So they play as really good teams, but... Miami, I mean, with Jimmy Butler in their lineup, they at least have a super... I mean, Bam at a bio, too, but they just play really solid team basketball. Right. Uh, I had to change this category, but it's called They're Young But Good. Uh, Memphis, again, was almost a one-man show, but they have the depth around John Morant to 
give them at least reliable pieces. Two Canadians, Dylan Brooks and Brandon Clark. They're missing Jaron Jackson Jr., who's their second best player. So it's kind of the John Morant show, but I think they're fourth or fifth in the West right now. So it's it's clearly working for now. I wonder if anyone from Vancouver still cheers for them. That's a. I mean, I'm sure someone does because it's either that because you don't really have. I guess Portland would be the closest NBA team, right? Or the Raptors. Yeah, just represent Canada. Yeah. Uh, the other team that's young but good is Phoenix. Just because they added Chris Paul, they added Jay Crowder, they added veterans to the team that, I mean, they went 8-0 in the bubble. They were the yeah. most fun team in yeah. Orlando, and they've gotten better. Right. Uh, the next category, you get high-level team basketball, which is Utah, who I think you watched when they lost. Against Denver, yeah. Who Denver's also in this category. Nikola Jokic, is, he won NBA Player of the Month for January. Makes complete sense. He really... He's a center, but he's really their point guard. Right. Uh, and Milwaukee. I, I, I put Milwaukee a category below because I think everybody knows they can do this in the regular season. Come playoff time, if they can prove it again, then they deserve to move up a category. For now, they lost to Miami last year when they were the number one seed, even though Giannis did get hurt. Right. Uh, the championship contenders... Philadelphia, who they've proven me wrong every step of the way. Joel, M- Joel Embiid is an MVP candidate. Also, the Eastern Conference Player of the Month for January. Uh, the Clippers, who you just saw. It, I thought it was funny that Paul George now has the same haircut as Kawhi Leonard. Right. Uh, and half the Raptors are on the Clippers. Yeah. Ibaka, uh, Patrick Patterson, Lou mm-hmm. Williams. Mm-hmm. That's all. Kawhi. Yeah, why did I forget about? I didn't yeah. even think about Kawhi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other two teams in this category: Boston. Uh, I almost wanted to call them young but good, but Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have. Jason Tatum's arguably a top ten player in the league now, and Jalen Brown, I don't think, is going to be that far behind. But not a great soon. record, eh? Like they're just above five hundred. Yeah, the. Tatum was out because of COVID protocols, but right. Jalen Brown stepped in. He showed that he's not a number one guy, but on a not-so-good team, he could be. Right. Uh, and finally, Brooklyn. The only problem for them is defense. Right. They're the number one team in offensive efficiency and yeah. worst in defensive. So where is that balance going to come come playoff time for now? If you see them on TV, put them on because even if one of – Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, or James Harden are out. One or two of them still going to be out there. They're still a fun team to watch. Right. And finally, they just they get their own level because there's just it's amazing that the defending champions got better. The Lakers are right. just they're they're another level above everyone in this year that we you think oh it's going to be weird. LeBron probably doesn't care that much. It seems like he's doing everything in his power to win the MVP. Right. Because he got shafted last year so now he really wants it which was it it was a, really like days before the season was postponed everyone was starting to go okay lebron he really wants to win the mvp now and the weekend before everything got canceled he beat the clippers and milwaukee and Giannis in the same weekend and every thought everyone was on the bandwagon lebron's gonna win the mvp he deserves it he's actually trying in the regular season now and then the world shut down right uh, so, yeah, if you see 
really, to me, if you see any of those top three levels, so the Lakers, 76ers, Clippers, Celtics, Nets, uh, Jazz, Bucks, Nuggets, if they're on TV, it's, I mean, most of these teams are watchable. Even I gave you reasons why even you could watch Minnesota or Oklahoma City. I'd say Detroit's the only team is just, they already won the biggest game of the year for them. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be too fun. All right. Before we go, I mean, not before we go, because uh, there's a pretty big thing to talk about. I went through and rewatched, not the whole games, but the highlights of every Tampa Bay and Kansas City game this year. Right. Um, it was it was interesting because it made me realize there's a lot of trends throughout the year. So the main thing from Tampa Bay is, A, they're not that disciplined, or they got disciplined more throughout the year. Okay. And they were just they were always down. Okay. In most of these games, they were down. So, uh, week one, Tampa, we're gonna start with Tampa Bay. Week one, yep. they lose to New Orleans, thirty-four twenty-three. Uh, I just wrote down Brady's doing a really good Jameis impression. Yeah, because that wasn't a good game. The game was over early. And he just he threw interceptions that didn't matter after we, that. Uh, weirdly, was the reverse come playoff time for right. Drew Brees and Brady, but it just especially through the expectations and it's the first time we've seen Brady in a jersey that wasn't a Patriots. It was Yeah, that was weird. It it was a letdown. Uh week 2 they beat Carolina 31-17. The only thing about that is they just kind of let Carolina linger. They Right. kept them at an arm's length, but Carolina and in the 3 games that I watched the Panthers in, they were in all of them. Always in. Yeah, yeah, I remember you saying that about the Panthers. Uh Week three, they beat Denver 28-10. This was just a big defense game. They right. really shut down Drew Locke, which I Who thought... Who has the odd time he'll have a good game. Yeah, it, would, it is too bad that it's gone that way now. Uh, week four, which is where the uh, deficits come in, they beat the Chargers 38-31 in a Brady versus Justin Herbert shootout. Right. Uh, the Chargers were up 24-7 in this game. Wow. And the Bucks came all the way back. Wow. Uh, week five, which is this is week one, you were a little worried. Three game winning streak. They go into week five on a Thursday night against the Chicago Bears. And Nick right. Foles does Nick Foles things against Tom Brady. Uh, overall, kind of a boring game, especially for a Thursday night. The Bears win 20 to 19, and this was the uh, Tom Brady thinks it's fourth down when it already oh, yeah. was fourth down right and he's just standing there holding up the four and yeah everyone that's when everyone started making jokes that he had dementia or something that's that well you mentioned the bears and boring and that's probably what happened to brady's was the triple b's there he just <laughs> he got bored and forgot what down it was uh week six they beat the uh they beat the bucks they beat the mm-hmm. packers 38 to 10 yeah, which the Packers disappointing go up, game. They go up ten nothing early, and yeah. you go, okay, at least at least Tampa Bay is gonna have to come back. Rodgers was uh, picked off twice. One of them was a pick six. Right. Uh, it was the Bucks defense that let Tampa Bay come back, and really, it was over by hmm, maybe the third quarter. It was over. Yeah, I, I'd say even the second quarter, it wasn't even close. This was also in the middle of the Joe Buck tour where he was doing the World Series and NFL games. Right. Uh week seven, they beat the Bucks beat Vegas, uh forty five to twenty. again, down early, but it was their offense this time that bailed them out. Uh funny enough, Scotty Miller 
who scored the touchdown at the end of the first half against Green Bay, scored the exact same touchdown against Vegas. Wow. At the end of the first half. It, it, it was weird. Uh, week eight was a Monday night game where Tampa Bay barely beat the Giants 25-23. Again, Tampa Bay down 14-6 to at half. Uh, their defense kept the minute, and then the Giants can't convert a two-point conversion yeah, at the yeah. end of the fourth quarter, That's which right. yeah. could have been pass interference. It was yeah. very, very spotty. Yeah, for sure. Uh, week nine, which was a Sunday night, uh, the Bucks lost to New Orleans 38-3, to which that game was over by the second quarter. Again, yeah, just there were some games that were on paper looked good there. There's three, like two against the Saints and one against the Packers. Like it was a, an anticipation game, right? And all three were blah, let down. And this is where, I mean, really you could see week one, you can just chalk it up to whatever. It's the first game of the For season. For sure, yeah. It's early, yeah. No preseason games. Then by week five, you're concerned. They lose to Chicago. They right. have the big win against Green Bay, big win against Although Vegas. Chicago was still kind of playing good then. Yeah, that, that was, was probably their last win, and then they go on a five or six game losing streak, the Bears. Yeah, and then you get these back-to-back games. You barely beat the Giants. You get destroyed by the Saints. Right. And then week 10, they beat Carolina, who, again, they're lingering in the fourth yeah, quarter, yeah. but uh, it, it was – the Bucks offense, which we think of them as such a defensive team. Their offense right. kind of bails them out in a lot of situations. Uh, week 11, Monday night, they lose to the Rams 27-24. Uh, the Rams are up 17-14 at half and just kind of hold on for dear life. It was the Rams defense that made all the difference. Right. They were wrecking havoc on Tom Brady, who I think you kind of, you're the one that usually says it, that Brady is one of the most sackable quarterbacks I've ever seen. He just goes down so easily. Yeah. Uh, week 12, which is our crossover game, the Can- Kansas City beats Tampa Bay 27-24. Kansas City goes up 17 nothing early. Really, Tampa Bay does all they can, but the Chiefs are playing prevent defense and hold on for dear life and win by three. Uh, then, funny enough, which I didn't even think about this until I was writing everything down, the Bucks' bye was in week 13. Very, very late in the season. Right. Uh, week 14, uh, semi-dominant win, I guess, against Minnesota. Uh, they're down 6 nothing. It should have been... Yeah, it was... Minnesota should have been up, I remember, that game. Because they missed... Well, Minnesota missed a field goal when they were up 6 nothing. Yep. They missed... They, they were up 6 nothing because they missed an extra point. Right. Then Tampa Bay missed a kick, and then Tampa Bay just kind of dominated from After there. After that, yeah. Uh, Minnesota, though... They had every chance to come back, yeah, and yep. just Kirk Cousins couldn't do it. No, nope. who apparently now there's trade rumors that he could go to San Francisco. Wow, which are you really improving with Kirk Cousins over Jimmy Garoppolo? Right, yeah, they're, they're basically the same, same quarterback. Play. Yeah, just older. Yeah, week fifteen, uh, Tampa Bay beats Atlanta thirty-one twenty-seven. Uh, Atlanta was up t- seventeen to nothing at half. Of course. And just heartbreaking Atlanta. I couldn't even write anything about Tampa Bay. It just every time Atlanta would score, Tampa Bay would come down and score twice, it felt like. Yeah, just another way for Atlanta to lose. Yeah, and there, I even forgot about the Chiefs game that I have to talk about again. Uh, week 16, Tampa Bay beats Detroit 47-7. to This game was over in the first quarter. Yeah, that it, was a uh, Thanksgiving game? Uh, sa- it was a Saturday, Saturday game. Saturday game, okay. 
and this was it wasn't even Matthew Stafford it was Chase Daniel yeah, that's right yeah yeah not even close uh, it was 34 to nothing at half so yeah that about tells you uh week 17 which going into it both of us thought Tampa Bay had nothing to play for that they were locked into the five spot apparently they weren't because they beat Atlanta 44 27 uh, Atlanta was actually in this game until the late, very late fourth quarter, about of course. four or five minutes left. Yep. Yeah, and that was the only way they hadn't lost yet. Okay, let's get blown out in the last four <laughs> minutes of the game. Okay, now we've we've checked all the boxes. So now we've lost this year. Now we can we can fire totally our coach. break right and totally break our fans' hearts. There's, it's completely done. Uh, into the playoffs, uh, the wild card round, they beat Washington 31-23 again. Taylor Heineke keeps it close, but Tampa Bay just grinds out a wintry playoff win. Okay. Uh, divisional round, they beat the Saints 30-20. to Drew Brees is presumed. I don't think we have gotten official word that he's retiring. Right. But we presume it's his last game. Yeah. He throws three interceptions. And, In the second half. And it's... That was the difference. Yeah, until really. then, it was just all Saints. It's just yeah. like they were in control of the game and yeah. they're running the ball and three interceptions. And that almost comes back to pass in the conference championship. They beat Green Bay 31-26. And it's basically the Bucks defenses defense survives Brady throwing three interceptions. Yeah, that was, I, I'd say at this point, the best playoff game we've watched so far. The Green Bay-Tampa Bay? Yeah, that was pretty entertaining. Yeah, I was gonna say, I guess for it lived up because it had it had hype going into it, yeah, and it yep. definitely lived up to it for sure. Uh, now we're gonna go through Kansas City Week One. They played the opening Thursday night game. They yep. beat Houston thirty-four to twenty. I wrote dominant, but not spectacular. They yep. won by every means necessary, but also we thought Houston was gonna, gonna be, be a better a team. team. Yep. Uh, week Two, which was the Tyrod Taylor Pulp Fiction game where he got stabbed in the chest by a needle by a doctor. Uh, Justin Herbert had to play. Uh, so this is his first career start, and Kansas City beats the Chargers in overtime, 23-20. Harrison Butker kicks three field goals in the final minute of the fourth quarter and in overtime. In overtime, he hits a 53-yard field goal, penalty, 58-yard field goal, and the Chiefs win. win. Yep. Uh, week three, Monday night, this was where everybody was ready to hand the torch from Kansas City to Baltimore, and Kansas City just dominated. Uh, yeah, 34 to 20, not not too spectacular. Uh, week four, they beat New England 26-10. The Patriots hung around. Brian Hoyer, when he was throwing the ball, maybe because he was number two, he just he looked like Tom Brady. Right. Uh, the score was 6-3 to three until the last few seconds of the third quarter. And Unbelievable! It's funny to say twenty six is a low score for Kansas City, yeah, but for it, sure it, it is. was. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, week five, which is really their only legitimate loss of the year, at least in my book, forty to thirty two to the Raiders. It was a shootout that Kansas City just fell short at the last second. Right, division matchup, right? Which then turned into the Raiders parading around Arrowhead Stadium in their bus, which made the Chiefs mad, leading to a few weeks later. Uh, week six, uh, a Monday afternoon night game against Buffalo. COVID protocol. Yep. Uh, they won 26 to 17. This was really just both teams were just running the ball in bad weather. I think Clyde yeah. Edwards Hilaire had over 150 yards rushing. So And that was the worst game for Josh Allen. He didn't play well in that game. No, especially he was running the ball a lot more in, in this one. Yeah. Which led to. Every like the hype of 
the conference championship kind of lessening. But I think we talked about it that you can equate Buffalo in week six, which is their last loss beyond besides the Hale Murray right leading into that game. Yeah. Uh week seven, uh this is this is my favorite one. It was snow problem. Kansas City beat Denver uh forty three to sixteen. Wasn't really an impressive Patrick Mahomes game. It was no. their defense and their special teams. Yeah, because it was a closer game. Yeah, it was Denver made some mistakes and yeah, uh, fum- special teams. Fumble and a kick return touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. And really, it just, when I got to the end, I'm like, wait, they scored 43 points. It just it yeah, did they, not make sense. Yeah, they just kept kind of scoring near the end there in different ways other than offense. Yeah. Uh, week eight, which is again. You started to have your doubts about Kansas City. They had the impressive win against Houston. They barely beat the Chargers and a rookie quarterback. Uh, they have a good game against Baltimore, and it just seems like we're flipping back and forth between good game and not so great game. Uh, although week seven, week eight are back to back good games. They beat the Jets thirty-five to nine, which we're not going to beat up on the Jets. Right. It was just it, bad. it was their game. It was the Chiefs' game to really unleash their offense right i think patrick mahomes threw four or five touchdowns uh week nine which again carolina panthers they're lingering in games yeah uh the chiefs win 33 31 uh the panthers were leading for a lot of the game and they missed a 67 yard field goal as time expired right so they were at least in it yep um week 11 sunday night which is the raiders revenge game in Vegas, right. uh, Mahomes had a minute and forty-three seconds. To, Too much time left on the clock to drive down and win the game. Yep. Uh, Travis Kelsey was so wide open in the end zone with twenty-eight seconds left, and it just took all the wind out of the Raider sail. Really, for the rest of the year, that was yeah, kind of it for was, the Raiders. Yep, yep. Uh, week ten was their bye. Uh, oh, I missed week ten. Week ten was their bye. Week eleven, Sunday night win. Uh, week twelve, they beat Tampa Bay. It was the Tyreek Hill game because he had over 200 yards in the first quarter. And lackluster after the first quarter, they just kind of... Cruise control. Yeah, it, it wasn't a wasn't a very stressful game, and I don't think it's any indication of what the Super Bowl is going to be like. Right. Uh, week 13, another Sunday night. They beat Denver 22-16. They just couldn't get the flow of their offense together, and Denver lingered. Right. Uh, fourteen week fourteen was this was when the Patrick Mahomes MVP case came into question. It was are the wheels falling off? Uh, they beat Miami thirty three twenty seven. Uh, Mahomes threw three interceptions. He took three sacks, in which one of the sacks was for over twenty yards. Uh, I also felt like writing this down. He also threw for three hundred and ninety three yards and three touchdowns, <laughs> and the Chiefs won. Right. So really, who cares? Uh, week fifteen. They beat New Orleans 32-29. Uh, this was the Drew Brees return game. And again, 32 sounds like a low score for the Chiefs. Right. Uh, week 16, which is, again, my heartbreak city. They beat Atlanta 17-14. We were so excited for this game. It was going to be a shootout. Yeah. I, I think I, I definitely forgot that it wasn't in Atlanta. I think that would have made a difference, hopefully. So, yeah, supposed to be a shootout defensive battle. Uh, Atlanta kicker Young Wake misses a, I don't even want to say chip shot, but not a difficult field goal with 14 seconds left for the Falcons to win. And 
really a real heartbreaking way. I got sucked into that game thinking, all right, we're playing with the Chiefs. Like we can we could win this game. And of course, our Pro Bowl, I, he might be an All Pro kicker, misses that. Check another box. Uh, week seventeen. The Chiefs lose to the Chargers 38-21. None of the starters are playing. and It really does not matter. They have the number one seed. They have the bye. I, I honestly don't even remember that. The most highlights for because from it's from the official NFL YouTube page, most of them are anywhere from like tw- 10 to 15 minutes. This Chargers-Chiefs highlight were four minutes. Right. There's not much happening in this yeah. game. Uh, divisional round. They beat Cleveland 22-17. I mean, there's nothing else you could say besides it was the Chad Henney game. Right, exactly. And he willed he willed them past Baker Mayfield, who we've given his credit. He's gotten his Played due. Gr- that was a great game. Did not make a mistake. Can't blame it on him. And going into next year, I think a lot of people would say they're the favorites in the AFC North. Yep. And finally, conference championship. They beat Buffalo 38-24. Although Tony Romo really tried to will a Buffalo comeback, and they fell short. Uh, Buffalo was up nine nothing early, although it should have been ten nothing because right. of their rookie kicker that missed an extra point. Yeah, um, I think it became a bigger play in that game than people will talk about. Yeah, it, well, it, it was a bigger momentum swing than than they it could have been. Because it's something that I didn't even think about until we started talking about it, and, and then. If you're up ten nothing, it's one point, but it still makes a difference just in your head. Right. That at, le- at least we're one more point ahead of them. Yeah. And that's just how scary this Chiefs team is. Yeah. Is all year, and I definitely tried to do it too. All right, who can beat the Chiefs? Who can compete with them? Okay, is it Baltimore? Okay, no, they beat Baltimore. Okay, is it Buffalo? Okay, they won that weird game. You just every time you tried to find a team. Right. And then my team became Green Bay. I thought, okay. Rodgers versus Mahomes in a Super Bowl, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. That was more why I picked Green Bay because it also went with my why Tampa Bay beat New Orleans theory of if you beat us earlier in the year, you can't beat us again. Right. Which was not the case for Aaron Rodgers, who is one of the greatest quarterbacks ever and is going to get shunned because he only has gone to one Super Bowl. Right. But again, that was more coaching than Aaron Rodgers in that game. Again, going not going for it on fourth down. But. I was gonna say coaching just for the Packers because it's been it was Mike McCarthy for a Before, while. That's right, yeah. And Rodgers did everything in his power, and it just it's funny you look back at almost every year, and Rodgers has these heroic. He has two Hail Marys against Arizona, and he has the play against Dallas to the yep. tight end. He has all these ridiculous plays, and he has one Super Bowl appearance and win to show for it. Yeah, that's it. Just not enough. Uh, all right, you got got anything else for this one? No. Uh, so our next episode will be out Saturday. We're going to do Super Bowl preview. We're going to talk about the Tiger Woods documentary. And we're going to try to, or you've been figuring it out. I'm going to try to figure out what's going on in college basketball. Right. Yeah, it's getting, it's getting interesting. And we're getting down to our last 10, 12 games there now, depending on COVID. We're gonna we'll get them all in a bubble in Indianapolis. That's right. Yeah, that'll be our goal. March Madness is gonna get played this year. All right, and uh, besides that, we'll see you next time.